We help everyone achieve their potential, number three. So talk about that for a little bit. Okay, so if if someone is feeling defeated, discouraged, lonely, and we say, here's a box of food. Well, now they're not hungry anymore, but we haven't helped them to get beyond the situation that they're in. Um, realizing someone's value, going back to core principle one, realizing someone's value is means that God didn't create someone who is valueless, who had no potential. There, there is potential there. Now, I can't, I can't uh, make everybody around me achieve their full potential. I can't even make myself <laughs> achieve my full potential. Um, but to encourage that through, through God, right? What he's, what he is acting out in that situation through me and through this this relationship. Um, so to help somebody, not not just stay in the situation that they're in, but to be able to increase in in what they're doing. Sure. So we we measure that, um, you know, in in the world we measure that in amount of money you're making per year or. Um, you know, uh, fill in the blank. I don't know the number of points you score in the NBA game. Yep. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, uh, right. <laughs> well, it is to me. I, I, you know, I, I used to play professional basketball That's right. um, in my dreams, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, you know, we we measure those things. We measure potential by how have you raised? How many degrees do you have now? Um, you know what have you done to show that you're 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 upwardly mobile, right? right. And that's not what it's all about. Right. So, the increase that we see is an increase that that can only be felt internally. Mm. That can be witnessed by others through fruit, right. Right? right? To go from having no peace to having peace, right? Well, I can't. I don't know if you're. If you are experiencing no peace and going to peace, right. I don't know that. Right. I can see the fruit, sure. you know. Sure. So, the uh, the the potential that people have, it it could be they need to go back to school, they need to earn more money or whatever. That potential is there, yes. But that's a side thing. The potential that's there, really, is God given, right? Right. Exactly. Fruits of the spirit. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that that sort of you have those as, you know, redemptive compassion, that redemption that happens in somebody's soul. And then that kind of works outward into the rest of their life rather than let's help you get, you know, let's help you make X amount per year. And then if you make X amount per year, then you'll, then you'll have peace. It's like, no, that's not how it works, right, you know, right. and vice versa doesn't work either. When you have peace, you don't automatically are guaranteed a right. big paycheck. That's right. <laughs> um, but there are ways that um, uh, these things can help you in those practical areas of life and the potential that you do have in some practical areas of life. But when we find our value in those things, then that's when we start getting unhitched from what is really you know, good for us. Absolutely. So practically, we might think of things like debt, right? Debt might create an anxiety in me, a stress in me that is, is not healthy on, on many levels, right? Um, and that's a practical thing. So it's not all about money, right? right? It shouldn't be all about money. But... That is a very real thing 
You know, I'm in debt and I need to get out of debt. That's a very real thing. Um, but having peace through that, that makes a big difference now. Right. Right. I still need to get out of debt. That's still a huge thing in my life. Right. But to be able to walk through that with the peace and understanding, knowing that God's in control over this situation. Right. Not me. Right. Whew, that takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah, it changes the entire situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm, very good. So number four, we require, <laughs> I, hate, I hate that, I have to keep using this cheat sheet. We require mutual participation. So I think this would be partly the hand up in some ways. Yes, yeah, so, so um, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, but I'll, I'll say it again. I, th- I think it's a great illustration, this redemptive compassion, the difference between what we call developmental compassion and charitable compassion is this hand up rather than hand out. So a handout could be, uh, you know, so, someone falls. Uh, this is a great illustration, I think. Someone falls, they get seriously hurt, they can't get back up again, and I offer them a blanket because they're gonna get cold. Well, that's helpful, yep. right? I mean, they're gonna get cold, well, I just like gave that, them a blanket. Uh, that old Christmas song. You know, the child, the child shivers in the cold. Give him silver and gold. Good plan. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Silver and gold, they're really warm. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, it it hasn't solved the problem. Person's still on the floor, right? Right. So redemptive compassion then is coming alongside. And there's going to be a struggle, right? The person that's on the floor is struggling to get up. And the person that is helping them up is struggling to pull that person up. So there's, there's that mutual uh, struggle. We call it mutual participation. It is a mutual struggle. If there's no struggle, then probably nothing is actually happening. Right. <laughs> and when you're building relationships, there's always going to be those the struggles, those yeah. you know somewhat you know conflict and and figuring out things like that. But yeah. when we're and rooted in our value, we. Yeah, we think of struggle and conflict as bad things. They can be bad things. In this case, I'm not talking about a bad struggle. I'm talking about the kind of struggle that yields great results at the end. Yep. Has that potential. Right, to that yield produces great the results. fruit that really, you know, lasts. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Number five, we respond with wisdom and discernment. What is that all about? Yeah, so in this heavily populated world, there are a ton of people for me to help, right? Everybody needs my help. That is completely overwhelming. So who do I help? How do I help them? You know, do I help them at my own expense? You know, um, these are these are all valid questions. These are good questions. So this is why we need wisdom and discernment, not from my feeble brain, but the wisdom and discernment that comes from God. So that has to come through prayer. That has to come through communication with Him, um, and and He will help guide. There are hundreds of people, thousands of people, millions of people around right. that need my help. Right? Well, I don't actually have any help to give. Yep. I have, a, I have a savior that I can introduce them to. He has the help to give, right? Um, and he knows who needs help, what kind of help they need, and whether or not I need to sacrifice what I have to be able to help that person. Because if I do it on my own, what I'm gonna end up doing is getting burnt out, overwhelmed, and I'm gonna lose everything that I have 
All right, losing all that you have is not a bad thing if you're doing it for the right reason. Right. But if I'm doing it on my own, I'm just gonna end up a poor, miserable wretch, yeah. you know? Exactly, and it, it also helps us to know when, you know, when we need to take a step back from some things to focus on our own relationship with the Lord and our own emotional, spiritual, physical state to be able to, right. to, be able to go back into relationships with, you know, an emotionally healthy, you know, yeah, uh, because framework. God knows when I need to be active and when I need to rest. Mm. And he knows that a lot better than I do. Yes. He, he knows what I need to give from, from resources that I have and when I need to not give, when I need to say no. You know, uh, we, we think about saying no as being like, you know, such a heartless thing. Sure. But we would say no to our own kids. You know, and when we were kids, our parents said no to us. Sure. I mean, I'm pretty confident that my parents said no more often than they said yes. <laughs> but that's not that's not a heartless thing, right? Um, you know, some sometimes we say no with the understanding that this is going to come later. You need to wait on this, or no, as in it's bad for you, right? We do this with our kids all the time, but. When it comes to charitable giving, like, I don't want to drive by this man on the street corner holding a sign because I will feel guilty, mm. right? And you've had people in class say that. Yeah, mm. I mean, it, right? So, you know, you do feel guilty. Here's the opportunity right here. Right. But in my brain, I'm thinking uh, all of the, the cynical thoughts. Well, this guy might be making more money than me, right. you know? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't have any needs at all. He just happens to be standing there with a sign. <laughs> right? So, but the wisdom and discernment that comes from God will, will tell me whether or not I need to give, what I need to give, and how I need to give. Sometimes the answer is no. But I know that for me, my responsibility is to be obedient to what God is telling me to do. Right. Right. So all of these, <clears throat> they kind of encompass into the last one. And we serve in ways that actually transform people. So we, as in, you know, everyone watching, everybody listening, us, you, me, loving churches, we're made to serve in ways that transform. And it, the only way to do that is, not the only way, one of the more helpful ways to do that is to take these principles um, in mind when we're trying to, you know, create transformation in our, you know, our own lives, our own homes, our communities. Um, so speak to that in what does it mean to serve in a way that you know transforms versus not? Yeah, well, f well, f first off, I I think that probably the the um, the the catch that when we hear that we think certain ways to transform. What if someone rejects the transformation? Or what if they start to transform and then they walk away? And I just want to say that is not on you. It's not on you. That is on them. That's not on you. Um, so again, going back to core principle number five, you are responsible for being obedient to what God asks you to do. Right? So sometimes you're going to be rejected. Sometimes that relationship's not going to work out. Sometimes transformation's going to come, and then it's going to stop. And that's not on you. If you're being obedient, it's not on you. Right? So when we serve in, in ways that transform, the idea then is not necessarily that everyone is going to transform, although we would love that. Sure. 
It just doesn't happen 100% success rate. (laughs) Right? It's like, I don't have 100% success rate in my own life. (laughs) But serving in ways to transform means that I am not going to intentionally do something that is going to harm you. It's not going to hold you back. It's not going to keep you from being able to transform. Right? Now, the the best way to transform is to know Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus is going to transform you. Um, so I have this, this solution to life. His name is Jesus. And if I don't spread that around, then I'm not doing something right. I mean, he's actually commanded us to tell, right? Um, so we can't keep this to ourselves. So as we we spread this knowledge and these things that will help others to be able to to um, have this relationship with Jesus and therefore be able to transform. If we're whole, if we're putting up barriers, right? We're putting up barriers to that. Then the transformation ends somewhere. Um, and so this idea that we serve in ways of transforming, that we're going to pull down as many barriers as we can. Sure. Um, that's kind of the, the opposite way of looking at it, right? We are going to not allow you to not transform. We're going, <laughs> we're going to put that potential out there. Yep. Um, and that is always evolving, right? That's evolving for us as Love Inc. That should be evolving always for other organizations, other Christian organizations, and other churches as well. Um, it's always evolving as in every now and again, we're like, hey, there's a barrier that's set up here. We need to pull that barrier down. We didn't realize that it was there. We need to pull that down. And, and we work on those things. So it, it's not perfect. Yeah. But um, when, when someone comes to us in great need, and all we can do is nothing, then we haven't, we haven't helped them transform, sure. right? And, and the idea is to um, introduce everybody to Jesus, the love of Christ. Can I put a plug, Redemptive Compassion? Right. And we, we do this course, we have tried to do one every month. We do it different times of the day, different days of the week takes eight weeks Uh, it doesn't take eight weeks to read this book (laughs) Um, it takes eight weeks for us as a as a class to go through and we try to start one each month we vary locations um, so we try to make it convenient so if you look online on our webpage, you look to register for redemptive compassion you say none of these classes will will fit in my schedule that's okay. Check back again next month because it's constantly updating. Sure. It's constantly changing. Yes. Very good. Very good. Um, well, Alan, thank you so much. Absolutely.